0: Thank you, Giru, for leading us in that anthem. As we come to rest in God this morning, we'll be turning now to our uh, scripture lesson, which is uh, from Hebrews 11. We've been working our way through this 11th chapter of Hebrews, and we've met a number of uh, different uh, scriptural characters along the way. And in uh, this morning's passage, the author takes a slightly different approach and kind of uh, turns uh, to a, a different mode of writing. And so we'll be reading from Hebrews 11, verses 8 to 16. But before we turn to God's word, let's first go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks that we are yours and we can rest in you. Lord, as we gather in worship this morning, we turn our attention now to the words of Scripture. We ask as we read these words today that you would be with us wherever we are. That you would help us to set aside the worries or the concerns or the cares of this past week. That you would prevent us from running ahead to the anxieties or the nerves about this coming week. That in this moment, we might focus only on you. As we turn to scripture today, we ask that you would teach us who you are. And show us who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 8. Listen to the word of God. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised as in a foreign land living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born. As many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises. But from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland If they had been thinking of the land they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. The Lord, as we reflect now on your word. We ask that you would help it to find its way into our ears, into our minds, into our hearts, and into our lives. We ask that you would show us who you are, and who you have created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Strangers on the earth. That's what uh, this... This uh, passage refers to, to Abraham and, and, and to the other characters of Scripture. Our, our author calls them strangers on the earth. It's a fascinating phrase. A stranger. And there are different ways you could translate this word stranger. Some, some like to translate it as a, as a foreigner. Someone who comes from another country. Others uh, like the, the word alien. Someone who comes from maybe further away. Others are like the word Guest. And still others stick with the word stranger. Whichever word you prefer, alien or foreigner or guest or stranger, they, they all have one thing in common. They're, they're not from around here. And uh, as humans, we are really good at identifying people who are not from around here. Uh, people who are from somewhere else. We're really good at identifying the, the foreigner, the alien, the stranger, the guest. We're really good at noticing the people who who don't quite belong, people who aren't home, not yet. I think this is something we're really good at doing as humans, and I think we take particular pride in being able to spot the other here in western Pennsylvania. We can tell when people aren't from around here. We, we have a lot, of, a lot of great little subtle things that we can notice. Things we can identify to figure out whether someone is one of us or not. Whether they belong here or they're from somewhere else. And our, our author of Hebrews uses this word strangers. And we understand what that means uh, based on where we live. So let's, let's, let's take a few moments and have some fun with this. Let's figure out what it means to encounter a stranger around here. Let's imagine that you've got a new neighbor uh, the a neighbor who moved in uh, six six months ago, maybe a year ago, but it's been it's been a strange year. So you haven't met your neighbor quite yet, and when you finally uh, bump into one another, you have all of the standard uh, opening conversations. You ask about the, their name, their family, their their profession, and then of course you ask w- where your neighbor is from. And your neighbor responds with a with a fascinating phrase. Your neighbor says, "Oh, I'm 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 from this area." And right away, you raise an eyebrow. I mean, not, not externally, right? Um, Internally, you keep a good poker face. But uh, people from around here never say they're from this area. That's not how we introduce ourselves. We name our township and the name of our, our street. But we don't say we're from this area. We, we name the exact spot in the city where we come from. So uh, when your neighbor says they're from this area, you know that there's, there's something that's just a little, a little bit off. But nonetheless, you hit it off. You get along. And so uh, as you're about to, to head back home, you, you remember what your pastor is always bothering to do. And uh, so you, you ask them to come to lunch after church. And so your neighbor agrees, and your neighbor comes with you to church, and then you go to lunch together at a spot nearby, and as you're sitting at lunch together, uh, you, you just feel like something's off. You can tell that there's, your neighbor's just not quite, not quite one of us. Perfectly lovely person, but definitely not from around here. And then there's the sound of a phone ringing. Your neighbor reaches into, the po- into a pocket and pulls out their phone and, uh, and, and starts to have a conversation with what appears to be a delivery person who can't find their address. And so you listen with almost impolite interest to how your neighbor gives directions and it is all wrong, right? You notice that your neighbor is giving directions based solely on landmarks that are still there. That's not how we give directions around here. When you give directions based on landmarks, they're landmarks that have been gone for decades or generations. A really good landmark is a landmark that you haven't even seen, but your parents told you about. And so when your neighbor is giving directions based on landmarks that you can still go see, you can tell something's wrong, but then the conversation shifts. And your neighbor starts to identify the nearby homes based on the people who live there. And that is not how we give directions around here. You never refer to a home by who lives there. You refer to a home by who lived there. You never mention the current owner. You mention the previous owner. And that's only if you don't know the original owner. And so, as your neighbor is giving directions based on landmarks that currently exist and who currently lives in the homes, you begin to doubt that your neighbor is really from around here. You have your doubts that your neighbor is really one of us until until the food arrives and then all doubt vanishes because the server places your food before you and your neighbor utters uh, this phrase how odd french fries on salad and now you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that your neighbor is not from around here because around here we know that french fries are not a side dish, they're a salad topping and sometimes they go on sandwiches. Now, if you are watching online and you are not from around here, you can take notes for when you do come to visit. So you finally have this conversation with your neighbor and you say, all right, you told me that you're from this area, but I'm, I'm picking up on some things. What exactly do you mean by from this area? And your neighbor breaks down and confesses and says, well, it's, it's I agree. I, I Grew up a couple hours away. And you explain that a couple of hours away can be a very long distance depending on how many hours and which direction you drive. And your neighbor explains that they're having a little bit of trouble catching on to some of the customs. And so you agree that you're going to take your neighbor under your wing and, and uh, teach them all the wonderful things about this region. And it just so happens, you've already talked about the taste of being from around here tastes like fried potatoes on a salad. But now you, you go through the, uh, the sights of what it means to, to be home here in western Pennsylvania. And it just so happens, this is a great time of year to talk about the sights of home, with the colors that explode all around us. Even watching as the sky changes from that summer sky to the winter sky, there are sights that make you feel at home. And there's a feeling uh, a, a feeling you can feel with your skin as you step outside and that that fall and winter air rushes in to replace the summer and the spring there's a feeling to being at at home outside in the fall and with the with the sight and the feeling there's there's a smell of leaves as they come down from the trees You explain what it it looks like, what it feels like, what it smells like to be at home in Western Pennsylvania in October. Then you realize that you've you've covered the taste and the sight and the feeling and the smell. You you probably need to talk about the sound. And so you decide you're going to go ahead and explain the sounds of being at home because you know what it sounds like to be at home. Even if you don't use the words yourself, you know what they mean. So you explain to your neighbor, neighbor what it means to be nebby. You explain how to identify a, a jagger bush. And then you tell your neighbor that y'all is not the third person plural of choice. You explain to your neighbor that there are certain words we use when you're from around here. When you're, when you're at home in western Pennsylvania. And as you have this conversation, you guys are getting along wonderfully well. And that's that's when your neighbor invites you to, to a picnic. Your neighbor says, you know, this is wonderful. Thank you for showing me your home. I'd like to show you mine. I want you to come with me to a picnic. Now, usually you would refuse to drive several hours for a picnic, but this is a sermon illustration. So you say, sure, I'd love to. And you and your neighbor, you travel several hours to this picnic, and you notice even as you're traveling, you are getting pretty far from home. You can tell just as the landscape changes and, and every mile you pass, you see fewer bridges and you know you're, you're not really home anymore. But then you get to the picnic and it's, it's almost home. I mean, the people are perfectly lovely. People are people. They're eating picnic food. They're having conversations about weddings and sports and they're, they're making jokes. And so you feel almost at home, but not quite. Almost at home, and as you're eating your food, you then make a a mistake, and in a, a fateful moment, you ask someone at the picnic to pass the ketchup, and they hand you a bottle you do not recognize, filled with stuff that does not taste right. I don't know what it is, but it's not what we call ketchup. And so you begin to feel a little uncomfortable, and you start to listen to those conversations, and you hear, you hear two people talking about a wedding they just went to of a family member, and they describe the wedding in great detail. They talk about the d- bride's dress. They talk about the church. They talk about the service. They talk about the invitations. They talk about the reception. They talk about the cake. And not one time, not once, did they say the word cookies. And now you know you have definitely left our region and so seeking a more comfortable conversation, you walk to the other side of the, the yard and you, you find another conversation where uh, two people are talking about, about sports. Now you get scared because if they manage cheering for certain teams, you, you know you can't do it. You know you can't be part of the conversation and your worst fears are that they're gonna talk about cheering for the wrong teams, but your worst fears are no match for what actually happens what actually happens is they string together words in a sentence that you didn't think could go in the same sentence. And they say, I apologize for this language. They say, after all, it's just a football game. And now you know you are not at home because it is never just a football game here at home. And there are all these little signs that you are far from where you belong. You're a, you're a stranger in a strange place because we, we know what feels like home. There are words we use. There are ways that we eat. There are ways that we treat one another. There, there are things we expect in the world around us. And th- these are silly examples, french fries and ketchup but but they stem from something deeper i mean the way that we eat and talk and live this stems from our our shared culture our our heritage our history our ethnicity these these things that that bind us together in in western pennsylvania they 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 dig deep into the past of a shared experience and and those, those markers, the, the, the bridges and the leaves and the land, we are deeply tied to the land around us, whether we realize it or not. There, there's something about knowing that you're home. But it's not just uh, traveling outside the region. Right? Sometimes you, you may feel uh, that you're a stranger in a strange land. Even if you're, even if you're visiting another church, maybe you've had this experience you're on vacation or you're you're church shopping or you you visit a new congregation for the first time right away, even if it 's a lovely experience you don't get to sit in your seat and it it just feels off you're seeing things from the wrong angle, sitting in the wrong place and you're you're almost home but but not quite and if if you're regularly attending this church and you walk into another church and the music is good but not great, you don't feel like you're at home. Or if you find that the people in the pews are uncomfortable when a child makes noise, you're almost home but not quite. Or if it's the fourth Sunday of the month and no one talks about feeding the hungry, you're almost home but not quite. Or if the preacher talks about a controversy more than Christ, you're almost home but but not quite. Or if they pray for one another but not by name, you're almost home, but but not quite. If no one mentions God's love or our grateful response, you're almost home, but but not quite. There are, just, there are certain things you expect when you come to worship at this church that make it, make it feel like home. And even if you have a perfectly lovely time, you may feel just a little bit like a stranger in a strange land. And some of those things are again, kind of silly. But the, the silly ones are the ones you'll notice first. Uh, the, the thing that's going to bother you most at the beginning is if you have to sit in another seat. That's what's going to catch our attention at first. But if you continue, and they don't talk enough about Jesus, that's going to that's gonna set you feeling a, a little uncomfortable. And when children aren't welcome, or when they don't feed the hungry, you're you're going to feel like a stranger in a strange land. This maybe gets us a little closer to what Hebrews is talking about. But in particular, the author of Hebrews tells us that these great characters from Scripture were not just strangers in another region or strangers in another church, but they were strangers in the earth itself. And there are moments when we feel that. When we hear stories about people in power who act as if life is cheap. We feel like strangers. Life is not cheap. We know exactly what a human life costs. That's why we have so many crosses. We feel like strangers on the earth. Or when people act like truth doesn't matter. Truth does matter. Jesus calls himself the truth. We worship the truth. When people act like there's no truth, we feel like strangers on the earth. When our society turns a blind eye to those who are hungry or homeless, we feel like strangers on the earth. It's not okay. Or or sometimes we, we feel like strangers on the earth when people act like there's no such thing as sin, that righteousness isn't real. Our behavior matters. The way we live our faith is important. We feel like strangers on the earth when we pretend otherwise. There are moments when we wrestle with with the notion of of the cost of life, or with truth, or with hunger, or with homelessness, or with sin, or with righteousness. We feel like strangers on the earth. That's what the author of Hebrews is talking about. That's what our author of Hebrews means. Abraham and Jacob and Isaac. We go back to, to Abel and Enoch and Noah and Sarah. They're not strangers just because of the land they lived. They're strangers because they looked for something deeper. They tried to, to live their faith. And the good news of the gospel is in those moments when you feel like a stranger in a strange land, when you're almost home but not quite, the good news of the gospel is that home is on the way. Home is coming to you. God is transforming this world even now, making this earth into the kingdom of God and you get to be a part of it. As you remind people that that life is not cheap. As you stand up for the importance of the way, the truth, and the life. As you work to feed the hungry and to house the homeless. As you remind people that sin and righteousness are real and our behavior matters. As you gather in worship and in prayer and in service to live and to grow in our faith. You get to be a part of bringing home here. And making this strange place into the kingdom of God. Strangers on the Earth. Our author takes a break and steps back, looks at all these characters we've met, and calls them strangers on the earth. There are moments in our lives when we feel like strangers, when things are almost home, but not quite. It may be as silly as french fries or ketchup, and maybe sitting in a new seat in church, or maybe something deeper And when you find yourself as a stranger on the earth, bring home here. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.